Let's look again at 1 Samuel 2 and 30. And believe with me, let's release our faith and pray. Believe with me for utterance. You believe the Lord could talk to you right now? Yes. I don't need to be focused on you. You don't need to be focused on me. We need to focus on Him. And believe that He speaks to us right now. And ministers to us. He can do things inside you. That are some of the greatest miracles. That happen in our lives. People don't always see it. They wouldn't always be aware of it. But during the service. While the word was coming. And while the spirit of God was moving and manifesting. Something happens down inside you. And you're changed. By the incorruptible seed. Of the word of God. And uh, you might not even know what happened, but it alters you, and it begins to change your thinking and your words, and it changes the course of your life. And it might not seem radical at first, but over a period of weeks and months and years, you wind up a different person at a different place with a different life. It's true. It's true. You know... uh, in, in flying airplanes, you can leave from Florida going to uh, Seattle, Washington, and uh, you can just change two or three degrees, and you wind up in another state. Completely other. You won't be in Washington State. You'll be in Oregon or, or somewhere else. Just a few degrees. Doesn't take much. Because it's such a, di- a long distance. And so a little bit over a long distance makes a big deviation. And so the same thing in life. A seemingly small change over a period of the next five years and ten years, you can wind up a different person. Different with a different life. Different, you see things different. Phyllis and I have shouted about that before in our life that, uh, man, we're so thankful. God didn't leave us where we were. He unfolded things to us and began to show us things. We're totally different people with a totally different life than 30 years ago, 40 years ago. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Well, one of the things that has been a big part of that is the truth in this verse right here, 1 Samuel 2.30 that we read in the offering, same verse. He said, them that honor me, I will honor. They that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Now, the thing that I don't think a lot of folks have grasped is that what he's saying here is that ever how you treat him and his things is how he's going to treat you and your things. Would that be fair to say or not? Read it again. What did he say? Them that what? Honor me. What's he going to do? I will honor. I'm going to honor them. Is he going to do the same thing with people that don't honor him? No, he's not. No, he's not. They that despise him are going to be lightly esteemed, which is another way of saying despised. So if you don't honor him, don't expect to be honored of him. Do you think everybody knows that? I don't think so. But it's got to be true, doesn't it? It And you'll see it in verse after verse after verse. Who's he going to honor? Not everybody. 
You know, we talked about finances just a little bit ago. And it's true there. You want God to be interested in your finances. Don't you? Why should he be? There's a whole lot of stuff going down here on the earth that God is not interested in. There's a whole lot of things that men are doing that have nothing to do with him. Why should he be involved with it? He cares about the people. But that doesn't, just because he cares about you doesn't mean he cares about everything you're doing. Did I lose somebody? Well, there's people that's doing evil stuff. Is he interested in that? Does he want to support that? Of course not. And then there's a lot of stuff that's, you might not call it evil, but it's just, it's pointless. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. It's not going to make any difference. And so, how interested is God going to be in your finances? Did I lose somebody? <laughs> well, are you interested in his? Right? Are you interested in his things? The Lord actually said this to me in the early days of our ministry. I, I was praying to him about some equipment and about some tools that were time-saving things that you could get more done in less time. And he spoke to my heart about that, that the more important my time became to him, the more he would help me redeem the time. But you know, if all you want to do is fish or play golf, how much support, divine support and help do you need? <laughs> I didn't say you couldn't play golf. I didn't say you couldn't fish. I said, if that's all you want to do. And there's a whole lot of people that have no interest in the things of God. And actually, maybe they don't intend to, but they wind up being disrespectful about his things and so heaven is not interested in their business because it's just insignificant. Do you want the Lord interested in your business? Then what has to happen first? You've got to get interested in his first, first. And the more his things matter to you, then the more your things are going to matter to him because it's his things. I heard a preacher say this one time. I thought it was outstanding. He said, if you want what he wants, for the same reason he wants it, you become unstoppable. Oh. Right? Why? Because he's not just supporting me. I want what he wants. I'm not just asking him to bless something I came up with. It was his idea. <laughs> it's his idea. And so what he's supporting and backing is not just me, it's him. I've identified with him. I want what he wants for the same reasons he wants it. And you become unstoppable. Hallelujah. Is the Lord not going to fund? Is he not going to supply? Is he not going to meet the needs of his own things? Of his own plan? Of his own will? <laughs> Go with me, please, over to the book of Psalm. We, we looked at this last Friday, I believe it was, Psalm 106. 
There is a very important truth that I believe we should get tonight. And don't assume it doesn't apply to you. And don't assume you've already got it and don't need to work on it. I assure you, you and I need to pay attention to this and make some adjustments. Every one of us. And it's key to him being able to honor us more. Us honoring him. We, I don't know if you remember, but some while back, we prayed a prayer and asked the Lord, Lord, teach us, show us how to honor you more. Does anybody remember that? I'm in faith about that. Are you? I believe the Lord's heard that prayer. I believe he's answering that prayer. I believe what we're into right now is part of it. And the more we honor him, the more he honors us. Now, last Friday, we talked about this, Psalm 106, 24. What the first generation of Israelites did that were delivered out of, the, uh, out of Egypt's bondage, they despised the pre- pleasant land. They believed not his word. And verse 25, they murmured in their tents and hearkened not to the voice of the Lord. And it goes on to say what happened to them. They all perished out in the desert. Think about this. Wandering around in circles in the midst of a dry, barren place, is that not a waste of a life? So how important was their lives to God and his plan and his kingdom? Could he have delivered them out of it? That was not his plan. His plan was for them to do what he had told them to do and go into the land, right? And him bless them and make them a light, a witness of his reality and goodness and power to all the other nations. That was his plan. But they despised what they do. Back up to verse 24, what they do? They despised. We looked at it last week. If you weren't with us, you know, go back and get the... CDs or DVDs, go online, download it. won't cost you anything, no charge. And we went into detail about how God said it's a land that flows with milk and honey. And they said it's an evil land that eats up the people. They called what God called good. They called it evil. In doing so, they brought up an evil report of the land, the Bible said, and they despised and disrespected God's present to them. And if you do that, you have judged yourself unworthy of it, and you're about to lose it. Even though it was the plan of God, and it was supposed to be yours from the start. It matters a lot, friend, how much we respect God and his things. And you'll see here that when there's despising in the heart... Notice what else there is, verse 25. There's murmuring in the mouth. Say it out loud, everybody. Despising in the heart. heart. Murmuring in the mouth. mouth. You'll find it repeatedly. They're connected. How much you respect something is going to be revealed by how you talk about it. If you gripe about it, if you fuss about it, if you run it down, then you don't respect it. You don't honor it. 
If you did, you wouldn't talk that well. They talked about the land. They ran it down. They said, it's, it's a land that'll chew you up and spit you out. It's a land that'll eat you up. They ignored he, God didn't say it's a land that'll eat you up. He said it's a land that flows with milk and honey. Didn't he? How much more disrespectful can you be than to denigrate something that God has praised? But if there's despising in the heart, there'll be murmuring in the mouth. Don't raise your hand, but have you ever griped? Have you, have you ever complained? Now here's the connection we need to make tonight. What does that reveal? Disrespect. When you hear griping and murmuring, complaining, what do you know is there in the heart? Disrespect. People are not making that connection, are they? What's the problem with disrespect? If you disrespect the Lord and His things, what are you going to get? You're going to be disrespected. And your things are going to be treated as unimportant, inconsequential, insignificant. Is this a lesson we need to learn? Should we get into the Word? Feed our spirit. Because, see, here's the good news about it. You might say, "Mm, yeah, I'm sure I've messed up. Well, what you want is power to do differently. And you know where that power's at? It's in the anointed word. I said it's in the anointed word. You and I can get the anointed word coming into us tonight that'll work in us powerfully to will and to do of his good pleasure and to put murmuring and griping and disrespect behind us and change and that'll open up an increased manifestation of the favor and honor of God on our lives. I want to say something and I believe we'll get to it. I don't know how much we'll get to tonight. But this is an awesome thought. You and I can initiate a greater manifestation of the presence of God in our lives by showing greater reverence, greater respect to the Lord, His Spirit, His Word, His things, His people. We're not waiting on Him. If we begin to show Him greater reverence and respect, immediately He will respond by honoring us with a greater degree of His presence. A greater manifestation of His Spirit. He shows up where people respect Him. He does. And He doesn't manifest Himself to the same degree where they don't. People who despise and mock and make fun of talking in tongues and gifts of the Spirit have none. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Guess what about people who mock and make fun of prosperity and healing? How many know you've got to be foolish? Right? Needing to pay your bills and mocking and criticizing God's Word on prosperity. Because what you criticize... You will not have. 
But what you praise, I said what you praise, you're actually qualifying yourself to have. Oh, we're getting into it now. You know what? This is serious. It's even possible. If you get to praising and reverencing and respecting God more than others, it's even possible for you to get some of the blessings and things they should have had for you. It's a fact. Scripture bears it up. We'll get to it, I believe, before it's over with. Obviously, not getting to it all tonight. But are you willing to get into the Scriptures with me on this further and more? Said out loud again, despising in the heart, what will there be? Murmuring in the mouth. Okay, what if you hear griping and complaining in the mouth? What do you know? It's coming from disrespect in the heart. Because if you respected that, you wouldn't talk that way. You would not talk that way about it. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks and reveals what's Inside. Uh, go with me to Numbers 12, please. Numbers 12, 1, Miriam and Aaron did what? They spoke against Moses, who is their brother. Their brother. Why did they speak against him? Because of the woman he married. And it must have had something to do with her nationality because it says Ethiopian. And they didn't like that. And uh, what'd they do about it? Now, do you know what murmuring is? We'd probably call it today grumbling. Grumbling. And it means, let's see, I, I actually looked it up to make sure we knew what what it was. It means grumbling. That's right. (laughs) But grumbling with an obstinate rebellious spirit. And uh, the English definition is to complain sullenly. Sullenly or surly with a discontent and critical attitude. To complain. Now when you hear that coming out of somebody's mouth. Even if it's your mouth. What do you know? There's disrespect. In the heart. And. uh, They murmured against. They spoke against Moses. And uh, verse 2. They said. Has the Lord spoken only by Moses? Now you got to remember. He's their brother. They grew up with him. They know him after the flesh. Has he not also spoken by us? God used us. Miriam said, yeah. Yeah, don't you know when God moved on me and I prophesied? And danced and played that tambourine? I was anointed. Aaron says, yeah. How about me? I'm the high priest, man. God handpicked me out of everybody. We're anointed too. Now you watch, anytime you hear that, there's rebellion going on. We're anointed too. 
We hear from God too. Is there disrespect in that? Come on. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Notice what happened. The Lord heard it. Heard what? He heard what they said. Heard them cry. I don't know how much Moses heard it. I don't know who else heard it. But I'm going to know it don't make any difference what back room you're in or what corner you're in. The Lord can hear it. Can he? The Lord heard it. Keep reading. Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which are on the face of the earth. And the more humble you are, the more honest you are. The two go hand in hand. And you can look at other things. One time when somebody got upset because somebody else was prophesying that they didn't think Moses had approved, he said, oh, I wish God put his spirit on everybody. That's the kind of attitude he had. And I'm sure if they'd have come and said, we don't like this, he said, well, okay. I'm going to do what God told me to do. Very humble man. But God looks out for humble people. He takes up their case. He takes up their cause. And the Lord spoke suddenly to Moses and Aaron and Miriam and said, come out you three to the tabernacle of the congregation. That sounds like come out behind the woodshed. That sounds, (laughs) right? That sounds like, right? I don't know if you were smart, what would you do? You'd hit your knees right then, wouldn't you? And start repenting. What's this over? Does this matter? This is over. Griping and complaining about Moses. And that three came out. Keep going. The Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud. And stood in the door of the tabernacle. And called Aaron and Miriam. And they both came forth. And he said hear now my words. If there's a prophet among you. I the Lord make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Keep going. My servant Moses is not so. He's faithful in all my house. Keep going. With him I speak mouth to mouth. He doesn't just have dreams. He hears me. He sees my similitude. Not in dark speeches. The similitude of the Lord he beholds. He saw the form of the Lord in the glory. Just like I'm looking at you and you're looking at me. He heard him just like you're hearing me. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Now let's just back up. What's he saying? Do you know who he is? I have chosen him. I speak to him. I've revealed myself to him. What's he saying? Has God honored Moses? Oh, like few people in history. Had God honored Moses, then what should you do? If God chooses somebody, if God anoints and uses somebody and blesses somebody, what should you do? You're not going to agree or appreciate everything they say and do or have as a human being. One of their biggest faults is they're like you. They're human. Nobody said they were perfect. Or had done everything. All their choices were divine. But. If God chose them. If he used them. If he called them. If he anointed them. If he placed them in that place. Or appointed them. If you don't respect what he did. You disrespect God himself. 
Did God take it personally? Anger of the Lord was kindled. And you know the story. It happened that judgment came on Miriam. And Moses had to pray for her. And God healed her. But I reckon they probably didn't run their mouth as much. Right? (laughs) How many think if, you know, after Miriam gets healed of this terminal condition, if three months later somebody says something about what Moses' Ethiopian wife did, what do you think Miriam had to say about it? What do you think she said? Hey, if Moses likes her, she's good with me, man. I mean, (laughs) right? We really need to learn to shut up about all our opinions of negativity and judging and being critical and finding fault. I'm telling you, it's costing people seriously because what's not being realized is in doing so, you can be despising God himself. That's what's not clearly seen. What was Miriam and Aaron, what were they seeing when they were talking what they were talking? Their brother. Bubby. Right? Or Bubba. They grew up with him. Right? People would come by and go, man, now that Moses, that's a man of God. They go, Bubby? Yeah, he's, he's all right, I guess, you know. Puts his pants on one leg at a time like everybody else. I tell you that. <laughs> Disrespectful. Yeah. Yeah. See, sometimes people think, well, we don't need all that. You know, we just need to be loose. Everybody's cool and nobody's above anybody else. Well, that just ain't true. That ain't true. God's not a socialist God. Or a communist God. He's actually not Republican or Democrat. Either. And we are all, he loves us all the same. There's no respect of persons, but we do not all have the same place. And he talks about those he's put, how many know, he talks about in 1 Corinthians, first apostles, secondary prophets, thirdly, and he goes down through the, why say first, second, and third? And he talks about submit yourself to those that have the rule over you. Huh? Who? Man, submission's a cuss word in our generation. We all love the same. We all have equal rights and privileges in Christ. But we don't all hold the same place. And it's not a matter of making a big deal out of a man or a woman. It's a matter of making a big deal out of the place. And the one that made the place. And put in the place. You know, Saul. King Saul, he got to be a demon-possessed man virtually. Mean. I mean, he'd just be sitting there and decide to throw a spear at you. Try to kill you. Just on the spot. I mean, he became a very bad individual. And he was chasing David, trying to kill him, doing his best to wipe them, him and his men off the face of the earth. And David had opportunity to kill him. You remember that? had opportunity to just go right in there and take him out. In fact, his men were pushing him, going, let me do it. Let me do it. I just hit him one time. One time. Just go over there, David. Look somewhere else. (laughs) Well, they're tired of running. They can't go home. 
their life's in danger every day. And what did he say? He said, well, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. The way he's going, his time can come in battle or something, but my hand is not going to touch him because he is the anointed of the Lord. What? Demon possessed? Cussing? Spear throwing? God? Well, the anointing had been on him. He had been chosen and had been called. And how many understand we need to respect that even if you don't respect everything the man's doing? David exemplified that, didn't he? Paul, when he was uh, taken before the high priest and uh, something was said and uh, Paul answered and the... uh, the man that stood behind him slapped him, hit him with his hand, hit him hard. And Paul just responded. I mean, you ever got hit hard in the face? You'll have some feelings. <laughs> Paul said, God's going to smite you. God's going to hit you, you whitewashed wall. <laughs> Told him the high priest. And one of them said, you talk to the high priest like that? And basically, Paul apologized. Basically, he said, I didn't know he was a high priest. Because it is written, you shall not speak evil of the ruler of your people. That includes President Obama. Come on, are y'all listening? That includes our senators, our representatives, our judges, our governors. It's disrespectful. You may not respect everything a person says or does, but you must respect the place or you wind up disrespecting God himself. Now, if this sounds new to you, don't throw it all away. Put your nose in this book. Look up the scriptures on it. In fact, let's look up some right now. Exodus 16. Go to this with me. Exodus 16. If there's despising in the heart, what will you notice? What comes out? Murmuring in the mouth. In Exodus 16 and verse 2. Exodus 16, 2. The whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. Now, who are they talking against? Moses and Aaron. Well, that's uh, like Miriam and Aaron were talking against Moses. I'm sure they weren't thinking anything about God at the moment. They just, they saw him, didn't like what he was doing. And they, the children of Israel said, would to God we'd have died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots. We did eat bread to the full. If you read other scriptures, they said, man, we had fish. We had cucumbers. We had garlic and onions. Well, they, they, they talk like it's paradise. They were slaves. Right? Rags on their back, beat like a mule. Is that right? Isn't it something how you can romanticize the past? A lot of the good old days people talk about weren't nearly as good as they're trying to make out that they were. And they said, you brought us into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. And uh, skip on down to to verse 7. The Lord spoke. And then in verse 7, he said, in the morning, Moses told him, you're going to see the glory of the Lord, for he hears your murmurings against the Lord. Now, I'm sure they thought, Nah, we didn't say anything against the Lord. We're talking about you, Moses and Aaron. He said, no. No. He said, what are we that you murmur against us? 
Verse 8. This shall be when the Lord will give, He's going to give you flesh to eat and bread in the morning to the full. For the Lord hears your murmurings which you murmur against Him. And what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. This is the thing that folks are missing. They say, oh, I wouldn't dare say anything against the Lord. Yeah, you are. That's exactly what's happening. He takes it personally. They didn't think they were talking against the Lord, but they were. And the Lord himself took it personally. If you look at other passages, he says, I hear your murmurings that you murmur against me. There are several verses and references to it, but it all comes back to the same thing. Jesus said it like this in Luke. Just put it up on the screen for us, if you would. Luke, uh, Luke 10, Luke 10, 16. Jesus said, he that hears you, talking about his disciples, does what? Hears me, and he that what? Despises you, despises me, and he that despises me despises him that sent me. Since the people that crucified him claimed they're in good fellowship with his father. They claimed God is having them to do it. They did. The high priests, the rulers of the Jews, they claimed what they were doing was on Jesus' Father's authority. And that's what he tried to tell them. Read John 8 sometime. You can hear his heart pulled. They said, well, tell us who you are. He said, I already told you. You didn't believe it. And they're trying to tell how much they honor God. He said, if you honored God, you would love me. If you knew God, you would love me. And they didn't realize it, but the God they're claiming to honor and have such vehement desire to defend, they're actually despising him when they despised Jesus. Because if you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. And if you hate Jesus, you hate the Father. Let me read it again. Jesus said this not only applies to him and the Father, it applies to those he sends. He that hears you, what? Hears me. He that despises you, despises me. He that despises me, despises him that sent me. Say it out loud, I'm not a despiser. I'm not a murmurer. I'm not a fault finder. I'm not a disrespectful person. This is a big part of having a tender heart that is open and responsive to God. When you can talk crassly and callously about God, his people, his ministers, his things, it's an indication your heart is hardened insensitivity. When you hear God's things disrespected and despised, it should bother you in your heart. It should bother you. Your heart should smite you, like the scripture says. You should go, oh, don't say that. Don't talk like that. We live in a world 
full of blasphemy. Don't we? It's everywhere. Cursing and vileness and blasphemy. And all that is designed to desensitize us so that no matter what we hear, we're like, okay, all right, no big deal. When it is a big deal. Always was a big deal. I know, uh, y'all know Phyllis and my story. We got to serve with the Hagans for a number of years. And, and uh, some of the people later on that uh, we were out traveling and they knew we were having some meetings and traveling with them. And remember one time a pastor of a church came up to me and he said, well, uh, he said, well, how's the old man doing? I thought, what? What old man you talking about? How's the old man? He's talking about Brother Hagin. What do we know? Just, just stop right there. What do we know? It's a serious disrespect. Men, your wife is not your old lady. Your father is not your old man. So it don't matter. It does matter. It shows a serious lack of respect. Things need to change. And here's the thing. It's not just about your respect for them. It shows a lack of respect for God. You believe it or not? It's in scripture after scripture. It's in example after example. What does the Lord do with those that despise him? He's going to treat you, your life, as insignificant, unimportant. You're not going to be respected. Your things are not going to be respected. Not going to be respected from heaven or in the kingdom. We're a part of something amazing. We're a part of something so glorious and so awesome. And the world does not at this present hour know who we are. They don't know who we are because they don't know who he is. But. It's going to be revealed. He's coming back. With the clouds of glory. With the shout of the archangel and the trumpet of God. There's going to be some movement. But you know who's going to be his then? Those that respect him now. You know who's going to be the Bible said, talked about one person being over uh, a city, one person being over five cities, one person being over ten cities. Why would there be such a discrepancy? Why? Because some people in this life respect him a whole lot more than others. And that's going to be reflected later. There's a whole lot of Christians, they just don't have time for him and his things. Do you? Go to Matthew 22. You know what grumbling is? Can somebody help me out? What's, what's murmuring? Well, I, I gave you the answer. <laughs> murmuring is grumbling. Yes, sir. And grumbling is complaining with a sullen, rebellious, critical attitude. You know who I was reminded of talking about this? Two famous grumblers. Paul from the Hillbilly Bears. I'm seeing confused looks all across the country. Does anybody know who the Hillbilly Bears? It's a cartoon. It goes way back. 
And Ma would go, Paul, Paul, the goat's in the turnips again. Paul would go, a low, grumbling, nothing good coming out of it. No faith, nothing positive. And also was reminded of another famous grumbler, also of cartoon fame, Muttley. Anybody know Muttley? I see y'all going to have to do some research tonight after you get back. I'll say it again slow for you. Hillbilly Bears. B-E-A-R-S. Paul. And um, I don't remember the other one, what, but Muttley was a dog. He had that snickering laugh. <laughs> but when he wasn't doing that, he, Muttley was two-faced. Big time. <laughs> Say something to Muttley, and, he, and he'd grumble. And then if, if the guy turned and saw him, he'd go, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then when he turned away, I thought you'd appreciate that. I know it sounds funny, and it might be okay for a cartoon character, but not for a Christian. Grumbling is ungodly, grumbling is unbelieving. Grumbling is disrespectful. It is voicing and expressing dishonor. Whatever it is you're talking about like that, you are disrespecting. How how could you dispute that? I don't know why they did that. I mean, what were they thinking? I don't know the world. That's the stupidest thing I ever saw. What are you doing? Is there any respect in any of that? What if they heard from God? Are you sure they didn't hear from God? Because if they did, guess who you're grumbling against? You're actually now grumbling directly against the creator of heavens and earth. Disrespecting and despising and dishonoring him. So what's going to happen with you? You're going to be despised and lightly esteemed. I know some of this is sobering, but I'm telling you, when we make an adjustment, we will be able to notice an immediate response from God. I've seen it over and over again. In the latter part of Brother Kenneth Hagin Sr.'s ministry, that we're able to travel with him some, he said this over and over again. The Lord reminded me of it. He'd say, let's learn to show greater respect, and we'll have a greater manifestation of the Spirit of God. He said it over and over again. In fact, he ruffled a lot of feathers, rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, even some people in our own circles, when he said this, clapping is neither praise nor worship. He said it's applause. It should be done for men, not God. It's not reverent enough. It's not respectful enough. Now, don't misunderstand. When people hear reverent, you know a lot of times what they think? Sad. 
Being reverent is not being sad. It means being in awe of him. Not just being too quick to run your mouth. Realizing whose presence you're in. Showing respect. A depth of honor. And when you begin to do that, you're going to touch something in God. You're going to touch something deep in Him. And when you draw near to Him, He's going to draw near to you. And when you honor Him, He's going to honor you. One of the greatest ways we've ever been honored was by His manifested presence. You begin to sense His presence. Uh, we, we were with Him, Brother Hagin, several times when He'd tell people, people to, you know, it's real popular for people to clap. Let's give the Lord a hand, people say. And, and so people start clapping. I don't do that if you notice. And, and I tell you what you don't do for men is this. Don't do that for a man. Is there a difference? There's a difference. You're taking it up a, a, a big notch, showing much greater respect. It's okay to clap for somebody and show them you appreciate them or they did a good job. But... Um, Somebody said, well, the Bible said clap your hands, all you people. Well, you can clap to time with music. Applause is another thing. I don't have time to go into all of it right now, and I know it's widespread, but it's taken the place of real praise and worship. You You can do this thinking about fried chicken. You can do it mindlessly. Do the same thing you do at a political rally or a speech on cucumbers or, right? I mean, but when you do this, oh God, we worship you. We glorify your holy name. And you're not just empty words, but you mean it from your heart. You'll notice a change in the room. You can sense it. And we've noticed that we'd be with him in meetings and, and some, he'd, he'd prophesy or something good would happen or somebody get healed. Everybody start clapping and hollering. He'd say, stop, 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 stop clapping and praise the Lord. Lift your hands and praise God and give him glory. And man, you could sense the level of anointing just come up. You could just sense it, just come right up. Why? Because we're not treating him like another man. The respect is greater. The reverence is more. But we got to get our mind renewed that it's not the same as being depressed. We will say, oh, show God respect. Oh, okay. Uh, No. No. You can be very reverent and very joyful at the same time. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say, thank you, Master. Praise you, Lord. Come on, just stand up right now. Let's practice what we've been talking about. Just stand up. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Forget about everything and everybody else. Tell the Lord how great, how awesome, how wonderful. Oh, great and mighty God. Great and awesome Father. Oh, I worship you. Oh, I worship you. Worship you. Lord, I worship you. 
Lord, I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.